Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, it is time for another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags, Chuck Curry talking about the greatest movies of all time and, of course, The movies that are coming out or coming on streaming and all that kind of fun stuff as we get ready for the holidays. It is now December, our first show in December. Uh, We're heading towards Christmas. We'll try to do a Christmas theme every show leading up to Christmas. And uh, we got some more movie news. Never good recently, but uh, we'll talk more about it. We'll do Fast Five. Got a whole bunch to do and always a lot of fun to do it. And Chuck and I will rank our five favorite supporting characters in Christmas movies coming up. Uh, a little bit later on in the show, but let's bring him in right now. Uh, Chuck Curry, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, never been better, Mike. <laughs> All right, we're gonna. It's we're a gonna little get... bit, of, a little bit of a, a little bit of a tall tale for the holiday season, but uh, I'm trying. How many to times spin, have you? I'm, how many times have you watched the uh, the prom trailer over and over about again? 100. About a <laughs> hundred. About a hundred. I have I have what they call a um, compulsive personality. Yeah, that's that, that's actually one thing they call. right down the alleyway from where, where we're broadcasting now. Uh, Pocono Cinema. So we booked it. We get it in a week, one week before Netflix. I'm going to go see it probably today, a little bit later. What movie is this now? The prom. Oh, yeah. Um, By the way, for people who like Die Hard, Disney has, re, re, has uh, issued a re-release. It's in a lot of the multiplexes right now are carrying Die Hard. Oh, you're doing you're jumping right into movie news. Huh? I yeah, am. Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard. Uh, why, why does everybody forget about Die Hard 2 as a Christmas movie, too? Chuck? It's a really good one. Yeah, it is a good Let one. Let me like, ask you a question. In, in its original release, Die Hard 1980, how many times did you see that in a movie theater? Uh, I, I'm not like you. I haven't I didn't I didn't I probably this is how many three, times I saw it. I three, maybe. Ten. Uh, yeah. I didn't have as much time in my hands as you did. It apparently. was one of the great collab. I think I went every Saturday night for like, ten, not every, for the first five weekends. It was, I mean, honestly, it was amazing with the crowd. It, was a it great really movie. was. Yep. It was great. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about it some more, I'm sure later on, maybe, I don't know. Um, not much Christmas movies coming out in theaters, Chuck, nothing coming out in theaters as we continue along here. Um, some movies on streaming. I want to talk about in a second, but, um, you look at the release dates, nothing, and and upon nothing and uh i did see that uh, hbo max is going to release uh wonder woman 1984 in uh 4k and uh and then they're also pre-selling tickets just chuck is this necessary in this state of time why are they say pre-selling tickets for wonder i understand woman why because it's limited capacity give you example our theater has 120 seats we have a 10 percent capacity so in the building so that's 12 people now we could do a little bit more than that. in the building, not in the auditorium. So, you know, well, doesn't that lend itself probably, enough we to could probably say, get, we could probably get about 18 in there? Well, don't doesn't that just tell you, you know what? I'm not going to the movies to see that then. No, I, no, I'm going. Yeah, I'll I know you're Christmas going, day. but you you can go. But if, I'm not buying advanced tickets for a movie. I'm probably not going to go to the theater for. You're not going to go to the theater to see Wonder Woman. You're going <laughs> to watch it on HBO Max. I don't know. I might watch it on HBO Max. I don't know. I, I, um, wow, you know, an, E2, an E2 Brute. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. That's where I'm at right now because I did see two streaming movies that just got right. released this past week. Um, uh, is that real? Is that so? Those are real movies on streaming. They are. When uh, you say, tell I me. Saw, I saw Happiest Season, which was released on Hulu, stars Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. Uh, holiday movie uh uh a lesbians that go back home and one is out of the closet one's not it's very enjoyable okay. a great cast along with right. aubrey plaza and allison brie and uh victor garber's in it as well and of course right. uh uh eugene levy's son uh who's had a tremendous success with Shit's creek uh, his in it as well it's very enjoyable uh chuck and good you know, Kristen stewart shows another side of her here in a what lighthearted comedy um and and she's very likable Right. Uh, I, you, you know, right it's no big surprises. It doesn't reinvent the wheel. But how um, many streaming services do you currently? Uh, so you would rather me them. not watch any movies whatsoever no, like course, you do. No, See, I actually host a I host a show where yeah. we talk about new movies that are out that we see. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get these streaming services. I, so I can tell people yeah. I, as opposed to sitting there in the dark and waiting for movie theaters to open up and uh, not seeing anything. I know. So what else so, you see? So which uh, which which lifestyles more uh, I don't know creative. Your your temporarily yours is I, well, I uh, temporarily I that's the operative word here. So why don't you sit down and watch the happiest season? Why can't you do I that? Don't have, like, what's I don't preventing have, you from watching a movie on because streaming? I don't have on because I have Netflix and I have um, that's it. <laughs> you don't have that. You have Amazon Prime, don't you? I think I do. Well, do you get I Amazon do. Prime delivery on things? Yeah, I do. Then you have Amazon Prime, the the the, the streaming service. Okay. Plenty of movies on there. All right. I, I, anyway, happy season. I'm happy. And by the way, Hulu is a dollar ninety nine right now to get for the year. That's, that's, a, not, that's a good it. deal. All so right. that's a really good dollar ninety nine a month. You can't beat. No. Um, anyway, uh, I recommend it. And I also saw Christmas Chronicles two, which is on Netflix. Well, what do you think? Um, it's not as good as the first one. In fact, no. most of the movie, I'm wondering. Why the really interesting thing of note, it's directed by Chris Columbus and, you know, obviously Home Alone and, and Goonies and all that kind of great stuff. Home Alone, too. Also, yeah, it just uh, that magic's not there. And as much as I love Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn in the leads here, I just, you know, they should have left the first one alone, which I was a big fan of Christmas Chronicles. The first one a uh -huh. couple of years ago, so thumbs down. Yeah, it doesn't wow. really recreate that magic. I mean, I guess if you want to watch it with the family and around Christmas time. It just, uh, it's a little thin on plot, Chuck. Let's just say that. Not that the first one was, you know, right. Citizen Kane, but, um, yeah. does he it, wear an eye patch in it? No, he doesn't, but All I got to right. tell you, his beard is awfully impressive. And if I know Kurt Russell, it's probably his real beard too. Right. So, um, so thumbs up on one holiday movie, thumbs down on another. Um, but, uh, you know, it is the season, Chuck. So I try I to watch. The, I don't know if you read the article. He said uh, in an interview when he retires, his last role, he wants to be Santa. Look at that. He's going to go he, out as Santa. He so did you, know there'll be a, you know there'll be a third, right? Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a new Disney Plus movie, too, that's a Christmas movie that just got released as well, which I'll probably get around to watching. And we bounced into this Warner Brothers story. And Mulan is now Disney Plus free, so I'll probably wow. watch that. Yeah, so okay. that didn't take too long, right? What was that? Not didn't at all. Three or four months? All right. Not even. Uh, yeah, let's talk about what you want to talk about. Go ahead. Well, you know, the other day it was announced that Warner Brothers uh, surprisingly came out with an announcement that their entire 2021, 2021 slate of movies, which is like 20 plus films, will 
uh, go by the original release dates in 2021 in theaters and same day HBO Max following this exact formula they're doing with Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day. Now, this took uh, theaters blindsided, especially AMC, who came out with a scathing uh, uh, retractment, um, did not like that announcement at all. There was no um, no no email to the theater chains. Basically, it was announced in the, the uh, AT&T CEO, John Chakey, who, who AT&T owns Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers owns, owns HBO Max, said um, movie theaters will always, I quote, movie theaters will always have a role in society, but the streaming horse has left the barn. And then he went on to say, basically, and it really does appear that, it, that I think they want to go day to day from here on out. Um, you know, here's the thing. I just want people who are listening to realize this. By the way, this does include Dune and Matrix 4, Sopranos, the prequel. These are the kind of movies that we're talking about here. Correct. Godzilla versus Godzilla Kong. Godzilla and Kong, yep. Um, Into the Heights. Yep. Okay, here's the thing. The studios and the theaters have been a joint partnership making money together for like 100 years, right? We have a pandemic here for nine months now. We don't know the outcome of 2021, how fast the vaccine will kick in, people's immunity to getting it, so on and so forth. Um, It feels, it really does feel like Warner Brothers here completely turned their back on an entity which is the theaters who've made them a nice a living for uh, decade after decade after decade, yeah, right? Forever, yes. There'd be no movie bit. industry without movie theaters. I understand. I understand. I, I do understand. They don't want to sit on films. I get it. But couldn't they went three months at a time here? Did they have to say our entire slate of 2021 going into the latter part of the year? I mean, it's pretty much... Uh, it's sort of a bitch slap to the uh, to the theaters, no? Yeah, I think it's just a. It's I think they're looking at the landscape and they're probably. What seeing- is the game? What is okay? This is what they call a long game because obviously Wonder Woman 1984, even they self describe, they're not going to make a big profit on HBO Max. They're not because they need subscribership, which takes time, right? Yes. yes. So you're talking about let's just go and we've talked about this uh, ad nauseum, but let's just. Uh, regurgitate it one more time. Netflix has about 180 million subscribers, right? What's the average cost of Netflix a month? What do you pay? It's now 1299, I believe. Okay. Now Disney has, I think 78 million subscribers in a year. It's impressive. They say they'll have, they'll say to 200 million in the next four. So HBO max obviously wants to play the same game. It's a long game. They figure if they do this, they're going to get tremendous interest in HBO max and they will. There's no doubt. I mean, come on, they're going to, Right. So they're going to get a slew of people, even though it's a little bit more expensive. It's like, what, fourteen ninety nine a month? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I don't, ha- I don't have gonna, that one, by the way. Chuck. If, you got, if, you, if you do all this, you're going to join. Right. I'm probably going to join. Right. Right. So it's, you're talking a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of anticipated movies where you're going to see it. OK. Theater, same day, HBO Max. So long term, I guess if you get up to 200 million subscribers. And they stick. And you keep building it. I, but these movies are costing a hell of a lot of money. I understand, but still, do the math. My two hundred million times fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, a month. Yeah, 
You can afford to make a certain amount of two hundred million dollar films. You can. I guess you're right. Here's the thing. I hawken back and I said this to somebody the other day. You know, we are our greatest movie going experience. Both of us was Jurassic Park at 93 at the Zigfield, 1200 people. It was an amazing collective experience. Somebody just posted on Facebook uh, newspaper. I'm on like one of those groups with newspaper ads for movies yep. and, yep. and Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop 1984. I remember seeing that numerous times in the theater. It was an amazing collective experience yelling back at the screen. You laugh, you scream. It was awesome. You, you applaud. I'm telling you, Mike, today's generation, they're not going to experience anything like this. They're not. It's going to be no collective experience of people laughing and hollering and hooping. It, it just, and waiting on a city block line to get into a see a movie like Independence Day in 97. Right. I just think they're not going to experience any of this. Now, good, no. bad or indifferent. I'm just stating the fact. That's fine. They probably since they never experienced, they're not going to know what they missed. So they probably ain't going to care. No, right. I still, I still think I still think. When this is in the rearview mirror, and it will be in 2021, I don't know the month. Maybe it's March, April, May, June, July. It's going to happen. This will be in our rearview mirror when people start getting vaccinated. Enough people and people have sort of a, a semi herd immunity to this, and they will. Because if, if, if you go by the CDC and they say maybe 10 times more people are getting COVID than being reported, that could be a million people a month getting COVID. Right. Three months, you're talking maybe 100 million people. Then you kick in 25 million a month. 30 million a month or more with the vaccine. This is going to be in the rearview mirror. So people will go back to the movies. They will. Um, but like like this, this CEO, John Chackey of AT&T said, the horse is out of the barn to an extent. They want their cake and eat it too. They're basically saying the theaters, yeah, you could have a movie in a theater. Yeah, but we're also going to show it on our streaming service. What kind of erosion is that going to have in, in theaters? That's going to be, that is the uh, unanswered question here. Well, it's obviously going to be certain amount, 20 percent at least. No, has to be. There's another there's another um, industry that's got to face this, too. And that's the concert going industry as well yeah. and arenas. And um, people are just not going to be. So what how are they going to adjust? They haven't no, adjusted it, yet. You no, know, because there is no there is no model at all. Now, the question is a question in 2021 when there's a vaccination, you're going to have to prove you've been vaccinated to get into a Bruce Springsteen concert in Madison Square Garden. Maybe. You might have may, to. I think so. You might have to yeah. if you want to be a part of it. You're, now, the you question is to. how much erosion and, 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 and of 100 percent capacity, how much erosion is going to be there? I don't know, but I am surprised that there's not more. Uh, you get help. Listen, they're doing surveys. You get a certain amount of healthcare workers, healthcare workers, frontline people, Mike, yes. saying they don't want to be vaccinated. Think about what, what, what are we doing? What, where where is this leading then? I don't know. But speaking of movies, do I sound I'm, passionate about a little this? bit, a little I bit. I do. Well, I am. I've you've I, I, only I am cut a, me off about five it, times. There's a certain rant, frustration that I do have here. I understand. I um, get the severity of I do. But I'm, I am surprised that there yeah. aren't more live concerts on streaming. They haven't done anything like that. I There's an opportunity there. Mm -hmm. um, but the sporting world has adjusted They're They're still playing sports. They're still doing that for us. At least we have this, Chuck, because it could be worse. I mean, what if this happened in 1985? We had three networks and, mm -hmm. you know, what what then? You know, we'd have no way to watch any new movie coming out um, at all. So at least well, you'd, have, you'd have home video. Yeah, but they I mean, the production lines of making those video VHS cassettes to get them out to people. It's harder people than the would, vaccine. People, for they crying they out watch loud. older movies. You have to watch something. I, I, I suppose. All right. So what if this happened in 1975 then? It's I a mean, problem. 
Yeah, we wouldn't. Have, at least we have an outlet. I'm trying to I'm trying yeah. to be positive here, Chuck. All right. I know you. I know you run a movie theater. I know. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I just I just think, again, you're talking about a hundred year business relationship. You come out with a press release. You don't even notify that. You don't even know. You right. don't notify Cinemark AMC. That you don't notify them. It's a money grab. And they it's know money. It. It, it, yes. it's basically we got you by the you know what? Exactly. We're going to we're going to we're going to pull hard. No. Yeah. Um, now, remember, these theaters have held these uh, movie companies and under, let's the, be honest, under the, theaters, the wire for a the long time. Chuck. The theaters, let's be honest. The theaters have lost their leverage. It, they have. They used completely. to have all the leverage. Now they don't have any. Ten months ago, they had leverage. Now yes. they have no leverage. They have That's no leverage. Right. It's not even a, it's not even a little leverage. They have no leverage. No. And, and it's going to be that way for a while. Now, like you said, not forever, but for a while. The problem is, is it going to be long enough where theaters can't recover? And and the answer to that is probably yes uh, for the, you know, for at least the short term, Chuck. I just don't see how AMC's a business model can stay the same um, theaters like yours. Yeah, that's fine. But here's our model tonight. Right. We're showing movies for, at one and four at seven o'clock. We got a rental and all three screens from a drug rehabilitation center. And we're having people come that have been in rehab. It's the first event they're coming to. First thing they're doing, socializing. Wow. And they're going to watch Love Actually on two screens and Ford versus Ferrari on another one. And uh, we have a capacity of um, like 30 something. In each, in in the whole building or in each building? In the whole building. Wow. But they're paying us a, a pretty good rental fee. So we're taking it. We have to. Well, that is something AMC is also doing as well as you can rent mm-hmm. out these theaters. Uh, not going to pay the a, electric, though. Yeah. Not there. Well, it's not there. No, you can't survive by this model. But, but again, until we keep, until you until the worm turns on the psychology here, nothing will change. No, you could show the greatest movie of all time. I am curious. I do think it is going to be very, very interesting to see what Wonder Woman brings in theaters on Christmas Day. It really is going to be interesting. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, looking ar- around the landscape of movie news, by the way, there's another Liam Neeson trailer out there. I don't know if you've seen another it. one. It's called the uh, the uh, what the heck's it called? I don't know. The Marksman. Oh, yeah. It's a kind of a uh, it's a uh, Mexican border thriller. So he really has gone the 80s route of the action hero. here. Yeah, he's, he's basically he's our just, Clint, he's it, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he's just he's just like he's he's churning them out like Bronson did. He is. He he really is. Um it's always good to see him on screen. He's aging pretty well, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to make too much sense. Uh, Chuck, no other major movie news. They are talking about Terminator Dark Fate sequel. Um, maybe um, they wanted to bring back Mackenzie Davis, but in an alternate timeline, when can we put Terminator to bed? I, I bad idea. Yeah. Enough the only not- way I think I think, listen, it will never really end. I think eventually they'll just completely reboot the first film. And then you just start over. You just know, you know, this is a reboot. We're redoing and correcting a lot of the mistakes after. Uh, well, I did like the third. I like one, two and three. Yeah. It's, it's a good good news too. the the Godfather movie got the endorsement of Andy Garcia. Yeah, um, I want to watch the, that. The new cut. And even Al Pacino said he was worried about the opening 10 minutes and he was relieved after seeing it. So. Uh, I think it's called the Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Corleone. Yes, that's what you want to look out for when it finally. Uh, well, hits it's you. on blue. It's on Blu-ray in three days. So yep. on December eighth, it's on Blu-ray. Yep. So uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not too long after. Again, who's buying Blu-ray discs? I don't know. Uh, th- that's oh, another industry that's going away too. Look at that. 
Well, you've gone to completely new school. When was the last Blu-ray disc you bought? No, it's been a while. Yeah, so uh, that's honest, my point. Nobody's about, buying Blu-ray discs. I have about... Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at my complete at collection all. now. I have about 20 movies. Wow. I don't have any more uh, uh, DVDs anymore. I got rid of all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I like. I own every episode of Seinfeld, that whole DVD set. I won't put that in, but I'll watch it on Hulu now. So... The, it, the whole mindset is completely changed. The effort to pick I, up. A I, I, I got to tell you, if, if we were in a Star Wars movie right now, you'd probably hold up the lightsaber against Yoda. You have turned you've turned to the dark side. Uh, no, okay. I don't know if I'm the dark side. I, don't, I maybe maybe I'm just the the new force. Uh, you know, I've wow. I've embraced the force and you just you're in the dark ages and just don't get it. By the way, I own every Star Wars on Blu-ray, too, but I watch it on Disney Plus. So on that segue, Chuck, do you have any? Movie news that you want to get to. I don't. By the way, the Goonies cast reunited for, for a uh, script reading. Did you see that? No. Original yeah, they, script they, reading or a new script reading? Uh, it's an old. No, it's a new script reading. Virtual reunion they did back uh, uh, today. They're doing it right. Oh, you cool. Know, I like as that. As we speak. So, All right. Um, if, you know, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, so it's cool that, you know, they do all these things, but yeah. you still never got another Goonies movie, which is I really. You having fun so far? I am. Um, are you ready for Fast Five? Let's go. Because it's a good one. I'm ready. They're always good. By the way, right. it, we're not going to do Jeff Bridges. Uh, I believe we did a show on Jeff Bridges. It is okay. his birthday, and we want to wish him a, a healthy birthday. recovery as well. Absolutely. One of the great American actors, and I mean great American actors of all time. So watch. You know, wait, look- I just want to do one point out, because I, I did this on another radio spot. It, I played the music to King Kong in 76. He... um. He was in his 20s when he did King Kong. And crazy. It's hard to believe with that beard. It's just hard to believe. It's just crazy the amount of different uh, movies he's done and career paths he's taken. And he's basically. I really like st- him in that movie, though. Yeah, I, I like him in about 15 to 20 movies. That well, he's I know. In. I'm just saying. I mean, that movie gets maligned by some critics. I, I like that. I do like that. I enjoy it. He's 71 years old, by the way, this uh, weekend. Right. So uh, happy birthday to him. He wasn't part of Fast Five, but I did want to bring him up. All right, let's do some Fast Five, which there are, count them, four females this time. We're really hitting the females hard here now, Chuck. I guess we are, there's a backload we've never gotten to. Amanda Seafried, Chuck, um, from Allentown, Pennsylvania. I, I never yes, knew that, I know. actually. 35 you know, years I, old. I, here's, here, let me tell you a quick story. Uh it was a time when me and my wife used to watch soap operas, all my children. Mm-hmm. And in one summer, I discovered they, uh, it was Amanda Seyfried and Michael B. Jordan. That's started right. started on all my children. Um, I mean, she's enjoyable in Mamma Mia. Yeah, that's that's the one for me, too, I think. she Obviously, she made a really big break in Mean Girls. She's very good in that, too. Um, the really... Really ditzy one. Um, yeah, but for me, it's Mamma Me. I'm a huge fan of the movie. Didn't you like that movie, Fathers and Daughters, though, with Russell I, I really did. That was a movie that was underseen. Uh, I actually liked it. I saw it. We booked it. It's a small independent movie that made no money. And uh, I really enjoyed that film, her and Russell Crowe. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. Very, very I, I like her. easy, easy to watch on screen. Here's a yes. guy who had a very confusing career, Chuck. Um, and he's from Indianapolis, Indiana, not too far from where I'm from. Uh, Brendan Fraser is uh, 52 years old. Uh, Obviously, School Ties was his big break. And then The Mummy put him on the mainstream. Well, of course, it put him on the big mainstream. Yep. Uh, But then it's just, you know, for some reason, he couldn't hold his own with the with the big boys like Keanu Reeves and the things of that. You know, here's the thing. His his career, he, he was he almost got the part of Superman. 
He almost got the part of Superman when they're going to redo Superman. And he, he did screen tests. They outfitted him. That would have that would have kept him really going. And I didn't get that. Um, and he sort of disappeared. He did a live action Dudley do right. Right. And um, yeah, the George of the jungle too. And he did that movie with what, with Harrison Ford, what extreme, what was it called? Yeah, Extreme measures or right. Or extreme something. Extraordinary measures. Extraordinary. Yeah. So. And he did, he, he did a third mummy movie that nobody saw, which is only Bob universal released it, but somehow it never really jumped on. Yeah. Maria Bello played the female lead. Yeah. Um, I guess it's it, it is the mummy for me. Um, yeah, I mean, he's fun in the mummy. And he, he, you know, I never got him, though. I never got him. I mean, remember, he was in Ceno Man, too, right? That was a big deal back in the day. That I was. never got his appeal ever. I don't think. Um, although School Ties is good and Without Honors is, uh, with Honors is a decent movie as well with Joe yeah. Pesci. Uh, how about Julianne Moore, Chuck? She is 60 years old this weekend. Um, it's Boogie Nights, hands down. Ageless. Yeah, Boogie Nights, right? Right. That's a, it's a pretty easy one. Uh, remember, though, The Lost World. She, she and, and I got to tell you, she did a good job filling in for Jodie Foster in the Hannibal. In Hannibal. Yep, I mean, did. to step into the shoes of Clarice Stalling ain't easy. No. And she did a good job. She really did. Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. She's great. Um, always good. Crazy Stupid Love. I like her in that, too, with Steve Carell. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of Steve Carell and Crazy Stupid Love, another co-star in that movie, Marissa Tomei is 56 years old. I mean, the one and only Mona Lisa Vito, right? My cousin Vinny. Yeah, right. It's got to be that. But she's damn good in the. I like. I just she's. She's like in the paper. Like, she's in the paper. She plays Michael Keaton's wife. In very the paper, good in right? that. Yeah, I like her. You I like her in Aunt May, right? You like her. You I like do. her as Aunt May, don't you? I do. It's a. It's a hip. What they call a hip spin on Aunt May. Yeah, she's always good. Very, very good. What thought Aunt May was sexy? Well, he, you know, Sally Field had an appeal, but it's not that, you know. Mm, I wouldn't go there. That later in life. Uh, yeah. But really, my cousin Vinny, do you buy that story that uh, uh, Jack Palance got that wrong and she didn't win that Oscar? Probably not. But who knows? That is a, a rumor. Uh, but I, I remember seeing that movie, though, Chuck, and nobody really knew anything about her. And I remember seeing her thinking, who is this? She is stealing this movie from everybody in it, and she ended up getting the Oscar um, and launched a career. There's no doubt about it. Last but certainly not least, a fan of ours, um, and she's uh, 72 years old this weekend, and that's Jo Beth Williams, who uh, I remember for the first time I saw Jo Beth Williams. She's in Kramer versus Kramer. Way back in the day, well, I'll go. Me. I'll go with two. Obviously, Poltergeist, right? Obviously, Poltergeist. Is it obviously I, I, Poltergeist? Well, I, I, you know, she's also in Teachers. We talk about Teachers. The scene at the end, and she does the nude scene running through the hall, and it's like, boy, I don't understand how the director did that. Uh, it's so unnecessary. But I, I, I dig Teachers from the '84. It's a sort of a a bipolar film in ter- in terms of tone. It goes from serious to comedy to some really hard hitting issues with a really interesting cast led by. Nick Nolte, but I like that film and uh, and I and I like I always like her work. She she was good. Yeah, she got a little run on uh, Dexter too. She had a few episodes there, and uh, she she's been around a long time. I yeah. I, I did like her. In, How old uh, is she? Uh, Seventy two. Um, wow. And she, time and she, time. I got to tell you, Mike. I don't know if you know this, but time keeps moving. It does. It really keep does. Moving. It really does. Did she? pick up the uh, the pieces from uh, Susan Sarandon for her her version of Reggie Love in the client series. Did you enjoy that? Apparently not. 
the client. Hello. I don't remember. I know. Hello. I don't remember. She I don't started remember. the I'm TV trying, version I, of it. I, I don't remember. I don't remember it very much. Were you so a fan I, yeah. of the Sean Cassidy version of Breaking Away TV series? Did you like that one? No. I, yes. It's a long time ago. <laughs> Maybe we should do a whole show of bad ideas for TV series based on blockbuster movies because there were quite a few of them, Chuck. Okay, There's, let me ask you a question. Here's some trivia. Who said this? It's the worst idea in the long, sad history of bad ideas. Uh, I know that. You don't know that, huh? Right off the bat, you don't know that, huh? I don't know it right it's, off the uh, bat. It's Jeff Goldblum, uh, Ian Malcolm in uh, oh. Jurassic Park, The, Lord, yeah, the Lost yeah. World. <laughs> I like that line. Good line. Yeah, Especially good line. from him. I like the line. How was, my, how was my line reading of it? It was pretty good. good. I, I happen so. to like him say, you, you, you are going to have dinosaurs. You know, I was doing this with my daughter. Let's hear here. You just cut me off again. Can you not hear? Is this mic on? No. Hello. Hello. Listen, Check I was one, doing, two. I was doing some impersonations with my daughter in the car. L listen to this one. Okay. Uh, don't. Don't. Okay. Don't. Uh, uh, no. Uh, the the okay, here we listeners go. that we have, uh, we might lose them. Um, the unless one, you're pretty here, here, confident here, here, in what you I can am. do. Uh, okay. The one thing a man could count on in a time of need is the sympathy of his bank. Yeah. Well, Chuck, what, what's Chuck that you're not really doing an impersonation. You're just reading lines from It's a Wonderful Life. No, that's beyond the Poseidon. Beyond the Poseidon, whatever. It's Captain what, Michael what, Turner. What, uh, I mean, Michael that's Kane. not a. I, mean, we, I, I just I needed to get in a uh, uh, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure re, uh, riff this week. You so can't there we do a, you can't do a Michael Caine impersonation. Is that what you're saying? That wasn't good. You basically just read it as Chuck. <laughs> that's that's I if they it, cast I, you in that. I know I I thought I tweaked that with an English accent. Okay, go ahead. Keep moving. Uh, yeah. By the way, it is Daryl Hannah's birthday this weekend too, Chuck. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to harken back in the day, but I did not. You know, when you her. say Daryl Hannah, the, the Wall Street. Pops on my mind because she got you know Charlie Sheen and Oliver Stone talk so badly about her when she did that movie and, and some cruel things on the set. I I always remember that. Obviously, Splash made her a big name. She was an interesting actress. I mean, obviously, then you know Quentin Tarantino used her in the in the in the you know Kill the Bill. Kill Bill movie. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting too. You go back; she's actually above the titles in Wall Street too. It's it's weird. It's Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen, and Daryl Hannah. And yeah, I mean that's she was pretty big deal back in the day. Uh, all right, Chuck. I, did you put your Christmas tree up? Is is it up? Are you? I have decorations up in my stores. Not yeah, and in my house. Not a tree though. No tree. Are you gonna? Not yet. Maybe. Are you gonna do a real tree, a fake tree? How do you? I don't know with this Corona. Have you heard of Corona? I mean, have you heard of it? <laughs> have you watched any Christmas movies at all yet? Yeah, I, I Yeah, I, I have. We booked uh, Scrooge with Bill Murray for a week. Not a lot of people came. I was a little early. I watched part of it. A little part of it. All right. Like well, let's uh, let's talk about our five ancillary characters in a Christmas holiday movie, Chuck. It's easy to do the main ones, but a lot of the credit goes to some of the supporting characters in the most memorable Christmas movies of all time. So I'll let you start the honors um, and, and start with your number five secondary character. Okay. I, I, what I, I did, I think I try to pick stuff that I, that I really, I like, and that uh, well, that's good. We want you to pick things that you like, I, but maybe it's a little bit different. Here's my number five. I went with how about Sergeant Al Pal, played by Reginald Vell Johnson in the original Die Hard film. I Bruce Willis kills it, born to play John McClane. But this was a really fleshed out character that he played really well, and his chemistry, which is basically off screen on a phone. With Bruce Willis's John McClane, it's really good, and it elevates greatness to even greater 
and the payoff at the end is outstanding. To give that payoff to a supporting character takes that movie to even the highest of levels. So I put him as my number five. You, well, do you like that you, one? And you, yeah, it's a good one. Um, and you know they tagged that ending on because they, they, they liked what he was doing in the film and the camaraderie there. They knew they needed a payoff. Good creative choice. Very good. And um, I didn't pick anybody from Die Hard secondary characters. And here's why. To me, there it, it's a tie, whether it's Powell, whether it's his wife, Hans yeah. Gruber, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Paul Gleason's role. I'm a big fan of that one as well. I thought uh, Argyle, everybody has Argyle. a little bit. It's yeah. hard to pick that one that sets it apart. Even I understand. So you're dissing me from my pick. But no, no, no. I'm but. saying that it's so good that you were able to distinguish one uh-huh. secondary character um, than all the because I even like Ellis, even though, you know, Harbachner is a great character, a great character. Um, you know, the, Jesus, it, it, this is a radio, not television. Uh, put the gun away. I mean, and to me, the best line reading in that entire movie is Paul Gleason when um, Powell tells him that he thinks it's a bartender. Uh, he thinks it's a it's a cop. And he goes, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, Powell could be a effing bartender for all we know. Love that. Paul yeah. Gleason, everything he's touched, it was gold back in the day in the 80s. And yeah, it's a great pick. Um, again, there's just so many secondary characters. I mean, even uh, the, 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 the the all the bad guys, too. I, good pick, though. I'll give you that one. Thank um, you. Uh, my number five. Uh, another tough one because there's a lot of good secondary characters in the Christmas story too, Chuck. But to me, Darren McGavin as the old man uh, dad in a Christmas story was the best of them all. And the part that sets him apart from everybody else in the film is at the very end when the kid wanted a rifle all along, he went out and got that rifle anyway. Didn't even tell the wife, hit it behind the tree. That's something my dad would have done. And it really, it always strikes court every Christmas when he thinks he's disappointed, he's not, he didn't get his gift and dad came through after all. Yeah. He's cantankerous. Yeah. He's 61 years old and Melinda Dillon's 40 something, but you know, he's got two kids that are eight and nine, eight, seven years old. He's 61. Darren McGavin probably miscast, but maybe I like him a lot in airport 77. So I like him a lot in this movie. Um, he plays, he plays it perfectly, especially when the little kid says, Oh, fudge, except he didn't say fuds. Chuck, he, he said the other one. You word. know, let me just think it's a very good pick. Darren McGavin is one of those unsung, really terrific talents that always made movies better when he was in. And obviously, The Night Stalker, Kolchak, the TV mm-hmm. show. Um, the Natural. He's unbuilt in The Natural. And, you know, it's funny. You say, what did I see? Actually, on Christmas, not Christmas, on Thanksgiving night, me and my buddy Scott, who you know, went to, our, went to the theater that I'm involved in, and we privately watched airport 77 i was like you know i, I want to watch something what do we watch and i was looking at my blu-ray collection i said you know i haven't never saw that on the big screen uh and it was awesome and well you not know, never you, when you were little you saw it right I mean, no i not in a the movie theater you didn't see, i saw that no i don't see i don't think theater. i saw it in a the movie theater i did not and uh i gotta tell you the scope on a big screen of that movie was really super cool when jack lemon is in the raft waving the uh, military plane to say and he's he's hooping and hollering and it was the scope of that was pretty impressive and that getting Darren McGavin's pretty damn good in that movie. I mean, he's he real, he's very confident. He's comfortable. He was always good in character. And uh, yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, there's some good deleted scenes to airport 75, uh, 77 too, that uh, is on YouTube. If you want to look it up, it, it's a very underappreciated disaster movie. It's a good one. Sure. Not, not a holiday movie. And so it was, Like, you know, Gene Hackman, the only action movie he ever did was a Poseidon adventure. 
Jack Lemmon, the only action movie did he ever did was uh, the lead in Airport 77. And he's really good. Yeah, he is. He is. He adds a touch to that movie. That they both say they did it for a paycheck, but but they're both damn good. Who cares what you did it for? They're both really good in it in their movies. Really. Uh, good. Yeah. And any movie that makes Christopher Lee somewhat likable is a good yeah. movie as far as I'm concerned. It and boy, put- she talk about unlikable in that movie. Oh, Lee Grant. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, she was a little over. I mean, the that's top. what she's supposed to be, but boy, oh boy, you hate her in that movie. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do. When All right, you, uh, you're Jack number Lemon four. Says, Give me the belt. <laughs> yeah, we are us. We are us. Uh, anyway, yeah. All I, right. I don't know too many lines from Airport Seventy Seven. I do remember that one. Okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. My number four. Yes, I, I went with the. Uh, I went with the wet bandits. Uh, <laughs> Harry and Marv, played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern in Home Alone 1 and 2. Everything about Home Alone 1, and to me, I, even the see, I love Home Alone 2, just as much as the first. Those characters are iconic. They are. And Macaulay Culkin, you could argue, had an amazing God gift of an ability as a child actor in those films. Uh, just, he was movie magic. and But without the wet bandits, the playoff... Those guys were awesome. You just think about the two iconic movie roles of Joe Pesci, um, Goodfellas and Home Alone. Could they be uh, more uh, geared towards entirely different audiences ever? I mean, it, it's just quite incredible, incredible that he was savvy. Enough you know, it's interesting to when to they try to make role. Pesci the lead. I mean, obviously, he's, he's great in my cause of any. But remember the movie The Super? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a misfire. I still enjoy watching it. Well, like I said earlier, with honor, with honors, with, uh, you know, Brendan Fraser, he's decent in that, too, as the homeless guy that. Yeah, that befriends all those college kids. Uh, Yeah. You know, and Daniel Stern, always good as well. And sure, you know, it was smart. One guy's really short. One guy's really tall. um, And the the shorter guy's in charge of the taller guy. And and he's dumb. But when when he puts that spider on uh, Daniel Stern's face, there is no funnier scene. In any and you talk about movie. an actor being all in. Daniel Stern, I mean, he is all, and I mean all in on that role. Well, my number four, uh, this guy is all in, but it's in crazy land right now. But when he plays Cousin Eddie. I know what you're talking it, about. It, nobody does it better than Randy When you Quaid. say crazy land, there's only, there's only one actor that pops in the mind. Well, yeah. Well, Randy John Voight's, John Voight's looking for houses. Uh, in that yeah, area. I don't know. Maybe. But no, <laughs> and I'm Randy Quaid. It's just like, I mean, this guy. I do believe he was uh, abducted by UFOs. Well, I, maybe I he played too. Cousin Eddie entirely too much because uh, the dumbness really is worn off. But in Christmas Vacation, he definitely honed in on the part that made him famous in the original Vacation. And, you know, bringing in the RV and uh, and just kind of ruining the Griswold Christmas. It is iconic, Chuck. You cannot see an RV now and say, uh, you know, something's full. You know what I'm saying? And he is actually... Um, between that and Independence Day, he will live in infamy in movie land, even though he has gone off into La La Land. But him as Cousin Eddie, um, opposite Chevy Chase, some of the biggest laughs in Christmas Vacation, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of great characters in that as well. His in-laws and, and his family. But Cousin Eddie... I yeah, mean, Aunt Edna's funny too. Aunt Edna... It, it, well, uh, Aunt Edna is a blast and... Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, it's great stuff. And Edna's in the first one. And Edna's yeah. not a Christmas vacation. I didn't want to. Oh, yeah. Call you you're right. on that. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're thinking of the Christmas. real. Old, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm thinking about the franchise. I digress. I, I apologize. Can I? That's continue? OK. We're, we're going to come back Christmas. next week. 
But Cousin Eddie, is Cousin Eddie on your list? Because I know you're no, a fan. Um, he's not. Uh, Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie is my number four, an iconic movie role. And, it's a good uh, pick, Mike. And when he goes and gets Brian Dole Murray and brings him back. I mean, no, it's a safe pick. I understand. A safe pick. No, like, Al Powell's not a safe pick. but No, this not at is. all. Okay. All right. How about this? My number three. Go the ahead. character of Billy Mack, played by Bill Nigy in love actually here's the thing all the characters in the movie great my number three my number three is from this movie too not him but go ahead this is good in in love actually a great movie yes makes you feel like a million bucks one of the most politically incorrect scripts you couldn't of all time i could not get this movie made today if this movie was an american film it was made in america not an english uh director cast right there's no way this movie's are not hard R. They're going to go, look, listen. We, this well, they is did. Well, well, they did this. They, but Gary Marshall ended up making New Year's Eve, New Year's Day Eve, uh, Valentine's Day. He did this movie four times, I think, with different holidays in, yeah, uh, in America. And you're right. They were all PG fluff. Right. OK, so here's the thing. All these characters are intertwined and they all basically cross paths, except the, 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 um, the Billy Mac character is always on the TV screen. Yes. Like they pop on TV. So he's intertwined in a different way. They all know him. They all know him. And he's awesome in this film. It's a great character. He's funny. And his revelation's great, too, at the uh, end, it, too. It's an awesome character. And listen, that, the movie is just, um, it's an awesome movie. It is. Um, and, it really and is. To go a little further on it, because there's a, there's a ton of great characters in this movie and this movie could not be made today. Some of the stuff that goes on with the, with the, um, you know, misogyny and all that. Oh, I agree. hundred percent. But um, especially the one guy who's basically a stalker. Um, but, you know, your guy at Andrew Lincoln, I, that that storyline is beyond me. Um, and the fact that Kira Knightley is 19 in that movie and the guy I picked is, I believe, 13 in the film. She's actually closer to his age than Andrew Lincoln. And I picked the young kid, Sam Chuck, Liam Neeson's stepson. For me, that storyline of him in elementary school trying to get the girl is the heart and soul that keeps this movie plowing along and his payoff at the end at the airport and that big hug he gives to his dad. I get chills talking about it. That movie, that movie makes it a three and a half star into a four star movie. And it's a lot because of this young kid who loses his mom has to befriend a stepdad. He doesn't really want And that's the that's the role of all those parts. And I love Colin Firth. I liked Alan Rickman. Emma Thompson's 10 minutes with Joni Mitchell is just unbelievable. Here's the thing about great movies. All great movies have to have a culmination in the last act and it all comes together. Yep. And and very listen, love actually the perfection of it all coming together is a thing of beauty. And it makes you feel so good. And it, it for an R-rated movie to make you feel that good, that's hard to do, Chuck. And and that's a movie, too, you can't watch with your family until your kids are grown. I mean, there's a lot of adult stuff I, listen, going on. I, I did a private screening a few years ago, and, and I, I forgot how hard R it was. And my daughter, who was like uh, 12 and a half at the time, watched it. And uh, I cringed. I did cringe. I got to be honest. It was a, there's moments in that movie that they're not for children. It's no, not. I mean, you got two main characters that are stand in porn actors. I mean, right. That, I mean, that, that, and, that and it's pretty explicit and it's funny. It, yeah, that's but it's the, funny. It's funny. And, 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 you know, at the crux of it all is Hugh Grant 
And you got to give Hugh Grant so. all the credit in the world because he's and so good. And the actress who plays the, his love interest in it is oh, she's right? fantastic in so, that movie. But I mean, and, even the humor there when the father's calling a pudgy. I mean, so, I mean yeah. I mean, there's so but many it's things. So funny. <laughs> Maybe it's that's so why funny. this movie. You know, you put it in a time capsule and yeah. you, and you show it to an audience in 20 years. They're going to be like, this is what people were watching, and it was okay. Um, and, and, but it's great. But Sam was my pick. Was that okay? Was that a safe pick? The young boy in love action? No, that was a good one. I like it. Okay. What's your number two? My number two. uh, How about Carol Kane is the the ghost of Christmas present? Good pick. That's the one I would pick from that movie. Yes. Here's the thing about Bill Murray. Bill Murray. It's a really nice. And we've talked about this film, how like a like a glass of of, like a wine is grown. It's aged beautifully. Scrooge It's actually probably better now than it was in its initial release. Agreed. Because it's overproduced. You could see it's overproduced and uh, it's it's a little flat in places, but it comes alive. She's awesome in the movie and she she's all in on her character and she's very aggressive and nasty. And she, she plays off him beautifully. I yeah, mean, I don't I, I can Im- I, I just wonder because Bill Murray, you know, has so many issues with different actors on this. I wonder how his relationship with her in that film, which she just like given to him a little extra hard in that in, in that in that film. But uh, her scenes with him really make that movie fly. Yeah. Um, and I think I talked about this maybe a week before or, or last or two weeks ago. I really love the young black kid in that film, too. Really puts the movie over the top. Yeah. Um, but the and scene with the toaster, really good in that movie too. Yeah, the scene with the toaster is is the biggest laugh of the movie. So you yeah. you almost have to choose her if and only for that. Um, and you're right, that movie just grows on you. She doesn't have a lot of screen time in it. Um, but bo- boy, Buster Poindexter does, and he's actually quite funny as well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, everybody works in that movie. To me, what was his name? His real? Do you know his real name? Uh, Joe Hanson, his- right? David something, Johansson, right? Something Johansson. He's yeah. very funny in Let It Ride. If you've never seen Let It Ride, one of the great Richard Dreyfuss movies of all time. Uh, that has David a Johansson. Following that movie, yeah. David Johansson is. Uh, so that's a good pick. That's your yeah. number two, huh? That's pretty yeah. high on the list. It is. So it you is. enjoyed her more than 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 you did um, Al Powell. Interesting. Well, I, I listen. I I did this quickly, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know, you're giving me a little too much credit. Chuck, you know? I'm gonna pick one from one of the movies you've discussed, and that's Home Alone. But to me. This movie would not be a Christmas classic if it wasn't for old man Marley and the two scenes that he has with young Kevin yes. makes this movie an epic uh, Christmas. What's that? Do you know time. the background on that? Well, yeah, they needed they needed this hook to because John Hughes knew hey, this is uh, we need we need uh, we need something big at the end to pay this thing off. Um, and they went in and re- they reshot re- that emotional scene. Yep. And it was a great creative choice. And it does. And I agree. That's what makes this movie a classic. You add Old Man Marley to John Williams score. And I remember watching it in the theater for the first time thinking, wow, this movie just turned into something different. Because without that scene, you have basically a live action roadrunner, right? Yes, you basically do. And, you know, the connection without the heart, without the heart. Right. Because the connection with initially, I see what the movie makers are thinking. The mom and Kevin, that connection when she returns, that's the payoff. It's good, but the payoff but the is thing, the old man. Right. And the, and the reason it works is because Kevin, who's a kid, has a, a maturity level way beyond his years. And if it's just the mother, it doesn't play out the same way. Right. He, he has a connection with somebody that's his non-family 
and it is a powerful it's a powerful element in that movie and it's and it's a powerful payoff and it's a great scene between uh the two at the church too which yep. really uh sets that movie it sets you up for that payoff at the end yes. and you don't even know it's doing it to you Agreed. So. all right your number one is i hope it's your number one. it's it's clarence the angel and it's <laughs> a wonderful life i mean it's just i could i could ignore that but i can't uh you know here's the thing Henry Travers was the actor. I'm going to yep. tell you something, and I'm going to tell the audience something, and you're going to go, seriously? That actor was born in 1874. Yes. Okay, he was 72 years old when, uh, when that movie was uh, made. Probably 71 when he filmed it, 72 when it was released. George Bailey is maybe, as, maybe the most iconic character in the history of film. I'd argue it's a wonderful life is the greatest movie ever produced. I would argue. I, I think you it's could a make safe that argument. argument. Yes. Okay. But without the Clarence character, which really, other than a voiceover, when the movie starts, he doesn't come on screen to the three quarter mark. Yep. The last act. But you feel when after you watch it, you feel like you watch him the whole movie. Well, that's the, you know, and the, and the key to that too is, you know, it's a Christmas movie, but the same thing with that. It's yep. not Christmas until the three quarter mark. Right. And, and 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 somehow and when he comes in, it makes it that other element. Um, and the so, score, the score, his his the Clarence score, like the dun, 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 like yeah, it's just yeah. in his in that actor. He's born. He was born for that role. And let's be honest, when 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 Jimmy Stewart, George Bailey, you know, opens that book at the end. And it's Clarence's signature. No man is a failure who has friends. Yep. You're not a human being if you don't tear. I mean, it's just it's the most powerful moment in the history of movies. No. Do you think Donald Trump identifies with Clarence or Mr. Potter? Mr. Potter. <laughs> and I, I have a feeling when Mr. Potter steals the seven thousand, Donald Trump stands up and cheers. He leaves the theater. That's when he thinks yeah. it's over. The movie's He's like, over. Oh, all right. That's a good movie. And he leaves. Right. Um, I, I you know, I've done this. I've catered. Did we? It's a big event at the theater, so I always introduce. Not this year because of this COVID. You know this yeah, COVID yeah, I thing. I heard of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like last year, when I do my introduction, I say, "Listen, if if you're if you're a member of the GOP, the move that when when Mr. Potter steals the seven thousand, the movie's over. Start applauding. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. <laughs> and and Uncle Bill is your typical Democrat who just he can't. He finish. deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chuck. Well, surprisingly. It's yeah. the movie that's my number one, but not Clarence, not Clarence. No. And then now I agree. I, he, he does steal the film at the end. But yeah. to me, Donna Reed as Mary Hatch is the best supporting character in any Christmas movie. She's awesome. She is beautiful. She's yes. strong. Yes. And if it yeah, wasn't Kevin for her, if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't have got the money at the end. Clarence didn't do anything. She was the one that left the house and made sure and, the and town he, knew. His, when, when he comes back into the house. Yep. You know, as the real as George now, you know, after rediscovering his place on Earth, when he hugs her, it's powerful. Yeah, and when he even when he's looking down the stairs and she comes in, oh, it's powerful. It's powerful. Or when um, his buddy uh, gives him she, the check, Sam Wainwright, right. uh, via, and he looks she, over at her. And, and, and the truth is, she defines the concept of family in that film. No, yes, she does. Yes, right? she does. And you, you fall in love with her the minute he does, too. And all yes. the way through, he, I agree. she pulls him through all of this. Not it's hard. The, only, the only misstep that movie, the only misstep. It's hard to picture her as an old maid. 
Yeah, probably working in a library. Yeah, probably because she was just stunning. And then if you ever uh, watch uh, From Here to Eternity, it, she's even more of a knockout in that film, uh, Chuck. But yeah, to me, Mary Hatch, uh, Donna Reed is the one that makes that movie uh, even better. Uh, but it's a it's a really interesting topic and a great list by both of us. By the way, do you remember the uh, Marlo Thomas TV remake that swapped? I, I, I do. You can't watch. There's no way to watch it. It was called It Happened One Night, right? Yes. I think it was, I, and, it, and it was actually very well received. Who was the male lead in that film? That was uh, Wayne Rogers. Wayne Rogers, yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. I cannot remember who Clarence was, though. I'm, I can't either. Um, and I'm thinking it had to be a female, right? They would have changed the... I don't remember. Changed. I don't remember. I got to be honest. I don't remember. But yeah, Marlo Thomas, it happened one night. My oh my. And that was probably mid 80s, right? Is it 77? They did that. Yeah, movie, it was, I'm looking it, it was, up now. It was. Um, and Clarence. Cloris Leachman was Clara. Oh, yes. cool. Yes. And Orson Welles was Mr. Potter. Good cast. Great cast for a TV movie. That's pretty good. Um, what happened to Wayne Rogers, by the way? He passed away. Did he? Yeah, he was doing he was doing that uh, that stock show uh, on on Fox Business every Saturday, and he oh, passed away right. a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's right. Well, maybe last year. I think last year he passed away, or earlier this year, sometime. Yep. And uh, remember, we're talking about TV shows based on movies. He was the uh, uh, Walter Matthau in House Calls. They did a TV show that was a oh, bad okay. idea, and yeah. uh, he was a Mash, of course. Which he was, was a Mash. That was that was the one they got right. There's been bad TV movies, uh, TV shows based on movies, but mostly, I mean, there's been good ones, too. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Chuck, that'll do it. Let's run through our list one more time before we wrap up here. My top five secondary characters, the old man from the Christmas story, cousin Eddie Christmas vacation, the L young boy, Sam from love, actually old man, Marley from home alone and Mary Bailey in it's a wonderful life. Good list. My number five, Sergeant Al Pal, number four, wet bandits. Home Alone, number three, Billy Mack, Love Actually, number two, Ghosts of Christmas Present, played by Carol Kane, number one, Clarence, the uh, second-class angel, and it's a wonderful life. Uh, and Chuck and know, I, this doesn't happen much. We didn't match on any of these. We had wow. ten totally, and we don't talk beforehand. This is pretty kind of weird. We do not. We text once in a while, but we don't talk, and we don't really discuss what we're going to discuss other than what we're going to discuss. Yeah. And now that, we discussed it. So we, I'm glad we discussed it. I'm, Thank you've you. Cle you've cleared up everything for everyone. Yes. Um, all right, Chuck. And if Poseidon, Beyond a Design Adventure was, if that took place, it kind of takes place during the holidays. It's New Year's Day, right? No when doubt. We, um, so when we do our New Year's Day movies, I'm sure that'll be number one somewhere on our list. Worst, movie, no, worst New Year's Day movies that take place in a boat upside down. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> all right, Chuck. We'll do this all over again next week, my friend. I had fun, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.